Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we play scheduling matchmaker for Grant McCaslin, and we hear from you and your reaction to the Big 12 going international next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts every day with the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. And today, Chris, we're going to get back, well, to a couple of things that we discussed yesterday. One being Texas Tech Hoops head coach Grant McCaslin and a comment today on something we didn't dive into with the Red Raiders specifically yesterday, that being putting together a schedule. It was certainly interesting because of how uninteresting it was a season ago in uh, the Mark Adams finale. And we've had some news and some shakeup as it relates to St. John's and a Madison Square Garden date and some other things already with this upcoming schedule. So I want to get to some thoughts from Coach McCaslin on putting that together and also tying that back into what we talked about yesterday with Mission Mexico. The Big 12 wants to go international, both with basketball and football. We got into the story yesterday, but man, Locked On Texas Tech viewers got into uh, some of their thoughts in the YouTube comments, and there's some good perspectives. So we're going to bring you some of those as well uh, from the audience, Chris. But here locally for Texas Tech, I know as a Red Raider basketball fan, we're all hoping for the most entertaining and interesting hoops uh, all the time. Not exactly the way that you would balance it out necessarily if you are a coach, but we know that college basketball schedules can be a little bit tricky before you get into conference play uh, because that's one of the things I really feel like that college basketball, uh, as far as selling its product, possibly does lag behind uh, within and that is trying to enhance your regular season attention, entertainment value, et cetera. Again, particularly out of schedule. So I want to get your thoughts on how these things are typically put together, kind of what we went through last year, maybe what you anticipate from Grant McCaslin. But first, let's hear from Coach McCaslin on putting together that Red Raider schedule. It's a work in progress right now. We did have a game that we had hoped to be playing in Madison Square Garden, and you you uh, you broke that news. That doesn't look like that's going to happen at this point. So, you know, we're we're in the we're in the process of trying. I mean, those non-conference games already are tremendous. I do think we'll try to be aggressive and play, you know, uh, another neutral site game uh, and try to try to get in the Dallas Fort Worth area uh, to play a game. You know, I, I'd lo- I'd love to continue to play games all over West Texas at some point. Um, man, just such a so many great places. I was the junior college coach in Midland, and you know, there's there's great communities all around Lubbock that I think would be great venues to play college basketball. Uh, so, you know, at this point, that that's pretty much where we're at. But I do I do know we're going to add some games, and I'm excited because we do need to we do need to add uh, a game in the Dallas Fort Worth area in order for us to uh, to be around people that I know love the Red Raiders. He says a lot uh, there. And so, like, you're, you're um, you know, t- typically when we've talked about this subject, 
you typically operate in the five, maybe six, like meaningful RPI type games in a non-conference. And then you fill up the other six, seven, or eight games with just kind of home guarantee games. Okay. Now, part of part of that five to six, like RPI type, like meaty, meaty non-conference games, and some are meatier than others, right? Um you know, the, what's been built in there is that the, the Big 12 SEC. So you're there, there's one there. Now you've added the Big 12 uh, Big East. So there's another one. And then you have an MTE, uh, which is a multi-team event, which you go to Brooklyn, you go to, to the Bahamas, you go to Maui, you go to Kansas City. Um, sometimes those are you get two games. Sometimes you get three. Maybe there's a chance you get four. But, you know, so there's some and those typically are meteor fields with power five schools or, or mid majors that, that are pretty good and, and, you know, meant to help your RPI and to go yeah. somewhere and get a lot of games, you know, a lot of games in, well, this, this year, you, you, you don't have the, the St. John's uh, scenario. Uh, that was a, a non-conference kind of home and home that you had set up uh, under the previous staff. Well, under both previous staffs, because the, the new coach at St. John's Rick Pitino, I think is the one that altered uh, this series. But so so that is gone, uh, and then you have uh, you're going to go to the Bahamas and look in the Bahamas this this Thanksgiving week this year. I mean, Michigan is there, North Carolina is there, uh, Villanova is there. Um, uh, there. There's a it's a meaty field for sure, uh, yeah. and yeah, at least some blue blood. And, and some of those schools are typically really good. I think last year not not weren't weren't as much uh, as you would have thought. But again, you know. I think uh, keep keep an eye out there. So you'll get you'll get three or four games there. But I I, I find it interesting. He talks about the Metroplex uh, because you, you know I don't. We've done this with football. Um, it's probably a little bit easier to do in basketball because you're going to still have so many home games. Um, and a lot of times you just can't get good schools to come to your place. That's just the reality of it. And you know why can't we get a home and home? Well, they just don't want to come here. You know, like we can't, we can't, we can't make anybody. It's got to be worthwhile for everybody involved. Um, like I, I know, I know three or four years ago that this was on the table for, I don't know, a year or so, like a couple of different seasons. This idea was flirted with. I think it was even pitched to Texas Tech, and I think they were more interested in it than the opposition was, but. You know, the, the new Dickies Arena in Fort Worth that is an unbelievable facility. They've already hosted some NCAA tournament stuff. Uh, they host all kinds of stuff. I think WWE and George Strait and the rodeo, everything in between has all been at uh, Dickies <laughs> Arena right there before you get to downtown Fort Worth. But they wanted to have a neutral site game in December and, and to have Texas Tech and Texas A&M play a basketball game, which I thought, oh, man, this is – I just don't know if it, it made sense for the Aggies. I don't know – you know, uh, but but th those are ideas that are often out there, and it's just got to make sense for you to do it. The right opponent, the right venue. Frisco is is a is a venue that the Red Raiders played in a couple of years ago against, I think it was A and M Corpus Christi. That was lightly attended. Okay, so that that was just a, a way to kind of get out of town. I think at the time that finals were going on at Tech, and you couldn't even use your own home arena for that that week around you know, mid to late December when everybody's kind of uh, got, got to get away from the uh, the old arena. So that they went there for that one. So there, there's a lot of ideas there. And then he mentions uh, some stuff about playing in like the middle of Odessa 
which I've seen, you know, the Red Raiders played at Midland College against Houston Baptist, uh, I think, two or three years ago. And and it was just a typical non-conference game. Texas Tech picked up their game operations staff, drove to Midland. They put on a home game. It, it was it was mostly well attended. That's when Beard was the coach. So, And I think that was for similar reasons, too. That was at the time of the year when you couldn't even use your own uh, home arena. Uh, so anyway, lots of ideas there. Be interested to see what they ultimately come up with. And we can talk about how you put a schedule together if you want, but I just wanted to answer the neutral site stuff because yeah. I thought it was interesting. And and he's on the John Rothstein podcast. That's why he's saying you broke this news about St. John's talking to John <laughs> Rothstein. But that was, that was one of those dates that was going to be, at least from an entertainment value standpoint, uh, one of the better ones that you had was St. John's at Madison Square Garden. St. John's coming to Lubbock. I mean, it's better than Houston Christian, Houston Baptist, Houston Mennonite, Houston Presbyterian, or any of those. Uh, but I don't know, whatever. The the MSG trip, I, I kind of regret Tech not being able to make. I don't know if Tech even regrets not being able to make it or like radio announcers regret not having to go to New York. But uh, from an entertainment value purely, um, sad you're going to miss out on that one. But Chris, I, I really just wonder what is the holdup on getting a quality home-and-home home series for the opposition? Is it the airport? Is it the gym's too big? Is it the nets are not nylon enough to our specifications? Are they afraid the wind's going to blow in from the feed yard that day? What is the holdup, really? Was Texas Tech, like, too good of a program at one point? You're like, well, we don't want to go down there and just lose the Tech. Like, really, what what do you think is the disconnect? I don't get why it's so hard to put together a bat. It's just a basketball game. And we talk about the Aggies, like, well, they're not as interested as Tech is in going to Diggies Arena. Oh, of course, because the esteemed Aggie basketball program, boy, that would certainly be nothing in that for them. I just, I mean, I know there's other, like, things going on with that relationship. But if you can pinpoint it to one or two common complaints, <laughs> what, could you? What do you think it is? But first, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book, NBA postseason on your mind. Now's the perfect time to get in as a new customer with FanDuel. Download the FanDuel app today, and you're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet don't bank. You feel me? Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on anything and everything. Money line, point scores, how many fans LeBron gets kicked out in the first quarter, whatever you want, they got it. Plus, FanDuel is even going to let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout. Smoking on that same game parlay pack, my man, only with FanDuel. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets today when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more and make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba if you can pinpoint it to one or two common complaints <laughs> what, could you what do you think it is well if we're being honest most programs don't play true road games in the non-conference anymore you just don't do it i mean it, 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 you, mm. you may mix in one or two but typically, there's just not a lot of true road games. I mean, and there's times when the Texas Tech is – I think the first road game that they played wasn't until uh, the league uh, started uh, last December. Maybe it was uh, when you went to Fort Worth on New Year's Eve last year. It was the first true road game you'd played and you started your season <laughs> on November the 5th. You know, now – because now, like Maui's not a true road game. You know, that that's, that's neutral right. site. 
Uh, I'm, I'm talking when you go play in somebody else's venue. Uh, and so that that's fairly normal. That's why it makes it hard because most schools are like, yeah, we, we just we don't want to go play a road game. Like we don't it's not nothing against you, but it's like we just don't. Okay. We'd rather pay teams to come come us so we can beef up our record. We can beef up, you know, our pocketbook. We can we can, you know, just play in front of our. That's typically how business is done. There are exceptions. Yeah. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I think, though, that the, the component about how much better you've gotten certainly doesn't help you attract teams to come to Lubbock uh, because it's like before, it's like, hey, man, we, we can go slip in there and then beat a Power 5 team and, and get yeah. out. Uh, because you've hosted you've hosted Arizona here before. You've hosted Nevada here before. You've hosted – I'm trying to think of some of the other fun non-conference Washington. teams you've had. Washington. I mean, that was a while back, but – Yeah, yeah. Stanford um, – uh, Trying to yeah. think of power five type program. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but I, I just think that uh, this, as we've got the way the net rankings work. Okay. The, Cause they've changed the metrics of the way that the tournament committee kind of picks teams. Now there's a few things, mm -hmm. you, you know, I, I think uh, you, you, there's still a heavy, heavy weight placed on like even a neutral site win, whereas a neutral site loss doesn't really hurt you. You follow me? And so I think okay, that, gotcha. and, and, and there's a cottage industry on these multi-team events. I mean, there, there are companies that their sole reason for being open for business is to put together college tournament <laughs> type things in November and December, and they do it all over. Is this I what? Mean, is this what bowl executives do in the off season? Basically, <laughs> they go run. I mean, it's the same. Yeah, it's some of the same thing. <laughs> and and, and yeah. yet, and here we are. You, you know, we were talking about football and basketball being played in Mexico, and I know we'll get to that, but it's, heck, your basketball team's going to Maui. What's the difference? Your, your, your yeah. basketball team's going to the Bahamas for a week. What's the difference? Um, you, you know, I'm trying True. to think of uh, some of the other far-off places. Um, you know, you, you, you go up to uh, – you go up to, to New York and the Brooklyn area. Uh, I mean, and anyway, there, there's just Vegas – Vegas is like the 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 basket, college basketball capital uh, of the world in the sense that they now like like in in two thousand as of two thousand twenty three they have probably four to five legit arenas that they could host games and all this stuff could be going on separately with different leagues or different tournaments. Uh, but I mean, mm. it, it's 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 pretty fascinating how many basketball venues they would have where they could host all kinds of activity and games and you've got brand new nice huge arenas you've got the medium size kind of older ones you've got everything in between and i'm not even talking about unlv's arena which is there that the thomas and max center which hosts a ton of stuff you got t-mobile yeah. and orleans and the mgm and it's just on and on uh so th th there's just a cottage industry there but that's why it's i think a little tougher to it it's much easier to go play a game in the metroplex to get somebody legit than trying to get somebody to come to Lubbock. You're going to have more success there. And I think what McCaslin is saying is let's like, – like Bob Knight, when they started playing Iowa at, at Reunion Arena or at the American Airlines Center, and and mm -hmm. when you're talking about, um, you know, like Tech playing Baylor on Thanksgiving weekend, let's take the show to the, to the people that, that we know don't get to see us as much. I don't know. You know, you already play TCU every year, so that that's one reason not to have to go to the Metroplex because you do, you're guaranteed to go there once a year. But Houston's about to be on your schedule. True, TCU won't sell you tickets. I mean, though, so that's a bit of a problem. That's a bit of a problem. 
that's a bit of a problem. I uh, I really feel like there needs to be, and I kind of wonder, Chris, like the cottage industry preseason tournament or multi-team event or whatever, like where did that come? Is that just because college basketball decision makers understood, well, boy, these fans really love March Madness. They just, must just love tournaments in general. Let's go hard on tournaments in the season. I, I, I wish there was some consensus maker there was some chief negotiator, I don't even know who this person would be, that is going to push to conference commissioners, athletics directors, presidents, whoever it needs to be pushed to. We need on-campus games. I, I don't care what you're comfortable with, what you like to do. We need to improve the sport. Make deals with one another. I don't care who's swapping with who. Make deals with one another. And we're fading out of the multi-team event era. This is super pipe dream. And if I had my pipe handy, I'd put it to my mouth as I'm saying these <laughs> things out loud. But that's what I wish as a fan. Again, it kind of ties back to what I'm talking about yesterday. Events, cash flowing through local economies, events on local campuses. We made all this. Fans, universities, those who support them, those who attend them, those who live in those towns. We made this. Not the Atlantis Resort. You know, not the whatever. <laughs> That's hosting oh, XXX. Yeah, you wait till you watch these games uh, next Thanksgiving uh, that week. It, it is it is an interesting sightline, and it, it doesn't exactly uh, give you a ton of like uh, like oh this is big time atmosphere and all that. They're playing like you know the, the Atlanta situation where they're playing in a ballroom. I mean it, it's it's right, got right. some seat. It's got some seating there. Uh, but, but you know what I'm is, saying, though? I hate to just oh, be yeah. bitching and moaning. No, but I'm like, is there anybody out there that can get get something in your building on your campus more often? I mean, is it just saying, hey, Texas Tech, here's the number to New Mexico? You know, they're <laughs> just right over there in Albuquerque. Pretty interesting program. Hey, New Mexico, here's the number to. I know there's so many egos and just. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you budget. already mentioned the Aggies. So, <laughs> right. I know well, budget actually comes to play also. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, and, and and part of this too is that the MTE, you know, became a thing because it's like you could take one road trip, and you could get two or three games in on a holiday week when you were going to have a hard time getting fans to come to your home games if you had a home game that week. You know, that's why the Thanksgiving yeah. week, because um, you're battling still with football at this time of year. You know, there's things that go on in mid-December and Christmas and then in Thanksgiving. All That's when the bulk of these these events take place. Because, I mean, I've I've been in, uh, I guess, in Brooklyn. I've been in Puerto Rico. I've been in, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the different places, like on Thanksgiving week or Thanksgiving day, which is which is weird. Um, and I, and I, I kind of, I was like, man, sports are fun. I love doing what I'm doing, but. It's really weird to not be at home, uh, and and you had to leave on Thanksgiving Day for for football games plenty of times too. I'll have to do that again this year. But uh, I just yeah. think though that like you're you're fighting with the holidays, you're fighting with college football, and so that's why the MTBE makes a lot of sense because you know an ESPN is willing to dole out the cash to 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 put these things on right. because they need programming. You know, there, yeah. there aren't football games on on a Wednesday night, the night before Thanksgiving, but there's a lot of basketball and they they play it from like 10 in the morning until like eight or nine o'clock at night, just one after the other. So there's there's probably a balance. 
got to yeah. be room for both. Maybe we've gotten a little bit too far into the neutral side MTE stuff and need to get a little bit back closer to the middle. Or again, maybe it's just pipe dream after pipe dream after pipe dream <laughs> after pipe dream. Speaking of peepas, let's get to comments from the YouTube audience, Chris, because there was quite a bit of feedback to our conversation about the Big 12's idea of hooping it up or kicking it off in Mexico. We're getting the thoughts from you. Coming up next on Locked on Texas Tech. Thanks for joining us on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Always great to be a part of your day whenever, however, you're making that happen. We appreciate being your first listen every day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. We're talking scheduling just a moment ago, mostly as it relates to Texas Tech, Texas Tech hoops. Heard some uh, sound from Grant McCaslin, but also wanted to hear from you because yesterday we discussed the idea the Big 12 had to uh, play basketball and football in Mexico, in Monterey, in Mexico City, among other spots. I'm sure I'm still angling for Babo Noyaba to get uh, a spot on a list or Bano Bayaba. Maybe that's two different spots, or maybe it's me pronouncing one and the same incorrectly. Uh, I'll leave that to you to fact check me there in the YouTube comments. But let's head there first, Chris, for reaction from Lockdown Texas Tech viewers to this idea of uh, Big 12 events happening in Mexico. We've got quite a bit of feedback, but some we isolated. I uh, want to bring to you now like this one from Parker Brown. Met him out at Dan Law Field at Rip Griffin Park not too long ago. Thanks for being an everyday or Parker Brown. Uh, Parker says, I would love to lose a potential home game to a place with no fan base, students, or alumni base. I would also love to see our players slip on the slippery grass. Hard no on Mexico. Okay, so a little sarcasm dripping there. I haven't gauged the grass slipperiness, so that totally missed me yesterday. I'm sorry for not bringing that part of it up, but maybe it is slippery gra uh, grass. Can be humid, I suppose. They call me Hoi Poloi, 54.95. I don't know what that means, but this is what they say, he or she. I appreciate your mark coming up with all kinds of ideas to spread the Big 12 brand. He's much better than what we've had in the past, but not every idea is necessarily a good one. One can see how the locals might have some ties to the pros, but college teams, hard pass on Mexico. That's another hard no on Mexico. Michael Davis says, I'm all about playing in Mexico. Sucks to lose home games, but I doubt any team loses more than one home game every three years. It would be a big opportunity to shorten the gap between the Big 12 and the SEC and Big 10 and to separate from the Pac-12 and ACC. There are lots of people in Mexico, and if you can get them to watch your league, you'll increase ratings and ad dollars. So uh, two rejections, one accepting voice there, Chris. Uh, what do you feel about some of what you just heard? I, I think uh, as as we were introduced to this subject, I don't know, 48 hours ago initially, and then we discussed it a bunch yesterday, that you, you, you kind of hear more reaction and more point, counterpoint, all those things. I, I think you're, you're hours or a day or so away from, I think, uh, more news as it relates to this and, and that you're going to get, hey, this is the agreement or we agreed to a deal or we've agreed to sign a deal, however you want to phrase that. Um, I, I think that 
kind of to follow up on the conversation we were having earlier in the show about basketball and non-conference and things like that, I think this is much more palatable for basketball games being played here than it is football. You get a lot more games in basketball in general. You get a lot more home games. Losing one of them, it's not as big of a deal. Um, and, and we've already established, look, you, 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 you've, you, as a program, Texas Tech has played in Puerto Rico and Maui and the Bahamas and in New York multiple times and on and on and on and on it goes. Vegas, uh, Kansas City, all non-conference related. So it's not that big a deal. That's kind of basketball culture anyway. You know, AAU teams in high school, you know, they, they, they go play in Vegas and, and, and the Peach Jam and right outside of Atlanta and, and just all parts. I mean, so it's not it's not abnormal um, to, to, to go travel. That's just kind of part of that of that culture. And so I, I think that would be a little more palatable for the fan base. I don't I don't I just don't anticipate much travel from fan bases going to these games, but that may not be the point. I, I, I do because I, I do think it's worth mentioning because I had somebody point this out to me. They're like, you know, it, it's hey, Chris, it's it's actually closer for Texas Tech to fly to Mexico City than it is to Morgantown, West Virginia. Hey, right. y'all, y'all, y'all keep talking about Gonzaga. And, and and all this, it's closer to go to uh, to Mexico City uh, direct flight than it is Spokane, Washington. I'm like, touche. It, <laughs> and and guess what? Guess what? In both cases, you're still in the same time zone in Mexico City. Whereas you're you're switching time zones if you go to to Morgantown or or if you add Gonzaga going to Spokane. So I, I thought that that's because you hear the travel card kind of play like. Why would they go all that way? It's really not that far. So th- th- miss me with that one. <laughs> yeah. The, what I also what I also hear is that, and and this is the part, this is the biggest part of it, and and this is what we just simply do not know at the point that you and I are talking about. There is going to be if if an agreement is is struck, and I believe that it, it will, unless there's some last minute change of 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 mind by everybody or or whatever, they're they're going to agree to a deal. There are already somebody or somebody's plural uh, sponsorship in place to kind of, I think, pay for this series. Um, I, I think about like the Texas Tech Baylor game, which was sponsored by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance. Okay, for the last what feels like decade, I don't. You know, they 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 made up their own trophy. They they kind of were just lead sponsor for this game. That they, they were, you know, that's part of why it was in the. In, in, in the Cotton Bowl originally and then in uh, AT&T Stadium, and then it got moved back to campus, but they still kept the sponsorship. H- how many dollars are moving to these schools? I'm not entirely sure, but it was worth it for them to say, sure, we'll allow uh, the sponsor. Somebody is going to sponsor the, this Mexico series. Uh, you know, I mean, like, is it somebody like Corona? Or I don't know. Or could it be multiple sponsorships? I don't know. That's why, though, this would – is potentially so attractive to Brett Yormark. Okay, make no mistake. You, you, the schools are the pawns. Uh, the Big Twelve is the is the the vehicle to do it, um, and and Mexico just just happens to be kind of uh, wh- where we want to get it done. But it's all about you know revenue potential. So only he knows to this point what sponsorship dollars are are available. 
And did he go out and pitch this? Did somebody pitch this to him? But I guarantee you it's moving the needle for them to want to create like a multi-year agreement to go play your football and basketball games there. So anyway, long answer, but I think that kind of gives you a bit of an idea. But uh, That would be really interesting to know like who pitched what. I agree. Is Brett Brett Yormark asking somebody there? Are they bringing it to him? Probably – Bring it to him if I well, guess, I would think. and and you know, uh, here's here's why I think let's let's think about this. Let's let's connect some dots here. He was real big in the NBA up there in Brooklyn, right, the Barclays Center, and and heavily involved with the Nets. But what was he also? There was two other like, I guess uh, I don't know, like sports and entertainment kind of things that he was really attached with. Like he's really big in these two industries. One was the music industry. The other one was the boxing industry. I think he brought boxing, big time mm-hmm. boxing, to the Barclays Center and and you know the big fight nights and sellouts and, and all these kinds of things. Well, you know, I, I think boxing is, is there's probably a lot of connections that are similar here to his boxing connections and to connect because boxing is huge in like Mexico and Mexico City uh, and, and and all those things. And and I that's why I use the Corona as the you know, as as kind of the the, the example sponsor, because you know you, you see a boxing ring. How many how many times do we see it? Corona or Del Sol or yeah. whatever they are. The, those those Mexican beers that are right there uh, in the middle of the ring and and all that. So I wouldn't be surprised if there were similar you, you know connections and relationships that are playing a part there. Uh, and whether one said the you know who, who knows who said it first, but. Uh, I bet that's where kind of potentially this would have uh, this would have started. Interesting, interesting. Okay, uh, before we are done, one more thought uh, from the Peanut Gallery. This is from D Fausty sixty six says, "My thoughts: The Big Twelve Mexico Agreement would allow member schools to increase their fan bases with ESPN International, different from ESPN Incorporated, to improve our media revenues for all members of the league. Maybe the only way we can compete with the SEC and the Big Ten. Another mention with that in mind, which." was not in my mind, but a couple of viewers out there considering such things. After all, uh, who in the Big 12 is going to be disappointed if the paper school becomes competitive with the SEC and Big 10? I'd also just say, I'd get that out of your mind. Games in Mexico are going to close up a gap with the SEC and Big 10? Yeah, right. ESPN International needs more events. Look, BYU sponsoring religion has 1.1 million members in Mexico. Baptist Convention in Mexico has 120,000 members. This may also open the door for the Catholic schools here in the USA, namely Notre Dame and Duke universities to the Big 12. <laughs> I'm, you want to talk about a peepa dream? What pipe are you smoking? How many do you think you should show up to a Big 12 matchup with any of these religious schools? Besides, would you rather come up to Provo in a cold November or play in Mexico with us? Uh, Provo. It is not a hard question. No, it's not. The answer is Provo. Besides, I'm editorializing here in this comment a little bit if you hadn't figured that out. Besides, I'm sure that Locked On Texas Tech would not mind an international audience to its YouTube channel, would you? It sounds like your Spanish is good to go. We're fine with an international audience. I'm picking up some of what you're putting down, but some of what you're putting down is floating up in a haze into the sky because you are smoking that good stuff to be thinking that some like gap between the SEC and the Big Ten and us is going to be closed via Mexico, or that it could lure Notre Dame and and look. I like what you what you're kicking out, but I just say keep dreaming, buddy. But keep commenting as well, and let us know what your dreams include. I can't wait to hear uh, tomorrow. Maybe what you slept on and what came to you. We'll just get into a dream journal 
uh, episode of Locked On <laughs> Texas Tech. There were a lot of good comments. I, I just chose a few for time's sake there, Chris. But as you can imagine, there's a lot of reaction both ways from Big 12 fans. That's what an interesting idea will generate, if nothing else, <laughs> a lot of opinions. And uh, we're glad for those of you who shared yours uh, with us there on YouTube. Yeah, th that's why people love sports, man, because it, it it taps into emotions that you didn't even think you're there. People probably didn't have an opinion on <laughs> playing a game in Mexico City uh, yeah, 24 hours ago, but now you've got people feeling very now. Yeah, but I mean, as far as increasing your fan base, I mean, I'm I'm here for you know Texas Tech fans in the stands in Mexico City or Monterey, wherever they would play a football game, holding up a sign that says. Mexico is West Texas, you know, I mean, you know, or, 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 or Joey McGuire after a big win in the locker room going, everything runs through Mexico city, you know, I mean, uh, so I'm, 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 I'm here for it, but what, what, what ultimately will happen here is I bet you get a short, I bet you get like, yeah, like two to three year deal. Let, let's, let's give it a shot. Let's see. You know, let's give ourselves a chance to kind of make it work. We're not going to commit to something really long term. Let's make sure the money's right. Let's figure out how to be fair to, to people. If 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 we think this has a chance to to have some traction, let, let's let's investigate as we go along here before we we lock ourselves in any, any kind of long term commitment. Schools may you know get down there and go. This is a problem. This isn't. I, I don't I don't like this. This is bad for my kids. There's nobody showing up. Who knows what would be the issue? Um, but before, you know, so I, I guess I just appreciate, because look, we have the Rucker Park clinics uh, in in, in uh, Harlem, basically. Uh, you have uh, the, the, the NFL Pro Day, okay, that, that's going to be strictly for Big 12 players there in Frisco. You, you've got all these, you know, you've got wanting to play conference basketball games as non-conference before the season really gets going in early November or to open up the season, I should say. Uh, you've got all these outside the box thoughts and the guy's been on the job for what, a year or so. And okay. and so not every one of them is like being given a hug initially, but we have to, if you want to take the, the ones that you like, you got to take ones that you kind of question too. Uh, because he's trying, um, and it doesn't mean you're locked into going to Mexico for the next 25 years or anything. This may be a small, short-term agreement. Let's just see what what all comes with it, money-wise, and you know, and scheduling-wise, and who has to go, uh, and, and all those things. So uh, I, 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 just, I just hope the good people. Of, I'm sorry, Chris. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. I, I was going to say I just hope the good people of Mexico love us and hate everybody else. We can find a great, I mean, we're, anybody else got Spanish tile all over the campus? I don't think so. I don't think so. So as long as they love Los Raiders Rojos <laughs> and hate everybody else, I'm happy to go play games in Mexico City. <laughs> love it. So hopefully we just take advantage of it in that way. <laughs> Chris, thanks for the insight and the perspectives as always, man. I will do it again tomorrow. Uh, enjoyed it today. Keep hope alive, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You got it. And I hope you'll be joining us once again tomorrow. Thanks again for all the comments on YouTube and for being out there, subscribed or otherwise. If you're taking that test drive, bring it to an end. Join the Locked On Texas Tech fam damnly as we are now north of 3,000 subscribers on YouTube. Appreciate all of you who are out there making that happen as we are on to four. And we'll have updates coming up. This is why especially you don't want to miss an episode. Be subscribed 
so you don't miss an update on the considered uh, prize of a weekend getaway at Chris Level's house for that 3,000 su subscriber. If you haven't been contacted yet, that's because we're trying to nail down the details. And I had, uh, uh, you know, somebody that I know that's an avid listener to ours, Richard in San Diego. This is a true story. He said, I I, I got a text uh, yesterday evening, and he says, I think I was your 3,000th subscriber. Do I get a prize? And I'm like, it's in the mail. It's in the mail. I don't know what <laughs> it's it in is. The mail. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's in the mail. But we we appreciate it, this thing. I think when we took this thing over, there was what? Uh, just under 500 uh, subscribers. So we're up to 3,000 oh yeah. in, in about uh, six or seven months. So we, we appreciate it. We'll keep growing it from here. That's right. I uh, appreciate you being out there every day. And we'll be back on the other side for another round with Chris. I'm Casey. See you then on Locked on Texas Tech.